take a short break. I want to apologize for being cold in here. We, we start the uh, heat not in time. We have to start it like half an hour before because it's cold outside. It takes a while till it heats up. So my apologies for making everybody cold over here. Uh, hopefully, Mr. Shem, for the rest of the week, we'll, the heat should be uh, set by now. Um, so we started studying um, in... Uh, in Vayeshev, the, um, today is Sheni in the section of Vayeshev, and it's, I sort of, uh, I'm amazed how uh, we see what's taking place in the Chumash uh, is actually uh, very much currently, uh, we can say about our situation, especially in the Holy Land amongst the Jewish people. Uh, we, we see a very interesting phenomenon. I mean, unfortunately, uh, when there is war, when there is war against the Arabs, uh, and all 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 the people are threatened, there is a sense of unity. Doesn't matter which fraction, which group, which part of the Knesset, everybody is together, and there is a, a unified front. Uh, I say it's unfortunate because it happens mostly when there is an outside threat. But as soon as it quiets down a little bit, the outside. I mean, the inner bickering and the inner fighting, especially now with the elections going on, it's just so, sometimes it's really a disgrace, you know, what goes on. And, uh, uh, and you're, 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 you're like appalled by, you know, the level that people stoop to. And it goes for all parties, including, unfortunately, for the Haredi parties as well. Uh, some of the way, the way they speak and the way they fight, the way they try to get their way. But I, 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 I run the parallel to the story that takes place with... Yosef and his brothers, um, you see, as long as they were fighting with Lovon, with Esav, we don't find any problems. The brothers got along very well. I mean, it, it didn't, didn't have any, any big issues over there. But as soon as, you know, now they're left alone. So now it's just Yaakov with his family, with his brothers. Now we start all the problems. Now the infighting. And amongst the brothers, those who are consider themselves to be elite, those who consider themselves letter, this one says, I'm Ashkenazi, you're a Sephardi, you're this and you're that. Everybody is starting up with the other one. And here Yosef gets in the middle and, you know, right away we start the problems. We didn't have those problems before. It's only because it became peaceful. Everything else, there's no outside enemy and they're fighting. But something which is uh, interesting is... Uh, Number one, it's, it's the first verse of the Parsha, of today's Parsha, and the last verse. In the first verse of the Parsha, it says that the uh, brothers went to uh, take care the, of, the, of the flock. Uh, they went to the city of Shechem to tend to the flock. Now Rashi points out that in the Torah, the word S has some dots on it, which really... Uh, tells us that they weren't going to uh, feed the flock, but they were actually going to uh, feed themselves. You know, there was why this negative uh, commentary? Why is that? Why is the Torah trying to tell us? So I think on one hand, the Torah is trying to, in the very beginning of the portion, uh, the Torah is telling us that it's very important when you start off, when you leave, when you go on the mission, to have the right intentions. It's very easy to fail if you're set up 
on the wrong foot, you know, you're setting yourself up for failure already. If, when they're leaving, if they left just to do their job, Rashi almost implies that then there would be no problem resolving from that. There would be no, no bad results. But to begin with, they started off not being uh, faithful to what they were supposed to do. They didn't have the good intentions. That allowed for them to later on actually fall deeper and deeper until they came to the story with, with Yosef. It also, as the, verse, the verses continue, we learned very strongly about Yosef, his determination, and as Rashi points out in several places, that Yosef knew his brothers hated him, and but his father's instructions were so important to him that he looked away, he looked aside. Doesn't say he didn't think they were going to do what they did to him, but he knows that they bullied him, that they, they weren't too happy with him, he knew that they hated him, as Rashi says. And that's another lesson that's interesting to see. You know, a lot of times we can find justification for not doing what we're supposed to do. And sometimes we find, you know, halachic, we find rationalization, we find excuses, we find good that... But we really know that those excuses are just something that we're looking for because we're trying to get out of what we really have to do. And I think the Pesach is telling us, in all in all, Yosef had many good reasons to really back out of it. First of all, the Torah tells us he didn't find his brothers right away. He had to go, and they sent them here and there. He could have gone back home. He says, I didn't find the address. I didn't find my brothers. I did what I was supposed to. But no, Yosef didn't do that. Tells us, if you are a mission, if you got to do something, don't look for ways out, but go ahead and complete the mission. Learn from Yosef. But I think in the final analysis... In the, end, the last verses over here, we read about Reuven, Reuven saving, uh, uh, saving uh, Yosef by putting him into the pit, because the brothers were actually going to do away with him. Now, even though he says, his argument was, let us not pour his blood, as the verse says, let's put him rather in a pit, but the verse actually declares that his intention was to go back and later on save him from his brothers because, and later on, as we read in the story later on, he came back to the pit, he was no longer there because in the meantime, while he was away, the brothers went and they sold him. But the uh, Talmud, and uh, Rashi brings it down also in Gemara uh, Brachas, says something very interesting. What is the name Reuven? Uh, Reuven. Um, so the Talmud says that sometimes when you give somebody a name, you don't even know, you don't have any intention. You just name them something. You know, when uh, parents name a child at a bris, uh, or a baby girl at the Torah, they name, they give them a name. They don't have any real uh, idea of why they're naming it, or maybe they think they know, but they don't know the character of the child. They don't know exactly what it's going to be. But it says that there's a kind of a Ruch HaKodesh, there's a kind of a spark. They are inspired by the divine in order to give the right name. And the Gemara brings several instances. One of the things the Gemara brings down is Reuven. Because the Pasuk says that she called him Reuven, Ra'a Hashem Ba'onyi, God saw my pain. But the word Reuven doesn't fit with the words Be'onyi, there's Reuven. So the Talmud has another interpretation. It says that that was sort of a, uh, a divine inspiration that Leia was inspired for 
something which is going to happen in the past, which is actually of this pasuk. What she saw basically, she said, is ru'u bein. See the difference between uh, my father-in-law's son talking about Esav and ru'u bein. See my son. See the difference between ru'u bein. That's ru'u bein. See the son and see the distinction. See how distinguished he is different. And it goes on, the Talmud goes on to explain, because you see, Esau went and sold his firstborn rights to Yaakov, legitimately. And then, even though he, on his own rights, and with his own full uh, consent, he sold it, later on he wants to kill Yaakov for it. He's trying to kill Yaakov, and he says that Yaakov cheated him and everything else. Which was, which was a lie, because Yaakov was a straight out, it was a deal. And he agreed to it. So still, he's trying to kill his brother for a deal that they actually made legitimately. But on the other hand, uh, Yosef took away something from Reuven. Yo- Yosef took away something from Reuven. It says in Divrei Hayamim that Yosef took away the firstborn rights the same Bechorah that Esau was angry in Yaakov, he took it away. Yosef took it away from Reuven. And Yosef took it away from Reuven, not consensually, it doesn't. It says that, as it says that for the time when uh, Reuven went and changed around the beddings for his father uh, to be with uh, his mother Leah versus he lost his firstborn rights, as we read later on in the Parshas in Vayichi, and the blessing that Yaakov gave to his children. So that was taken away from him. So, not like Esau, the difference, he says, take a look. Not only did he not go ahead and try to kill him, but actually just the reverse. He goes out there and he saves his brother. Reuben goes out there and saves Yosef. Yosef, who he lost to, took it away against his will. He became the Bechor. Notwithstanding, Rashi says earlier, that he only lost the Bechoyer for the two tribes, that the two tribes came from Yosef, from Menashe versus Reuven, didn't get the two tribes. But for Nachla, other things, Reuven still remained the Bechoyer. Rashi, there's other Rashi's in other areas in the Chobach, which is mashma a little different. But still the point is to tell us, you know, same goes in Israel. I wanted to just finish up what I started. You know, there's a lot of times there is, yes, there is fights when there's quiet, when there's peace there, but still, you can sense it's a fight like within the family, you know, hopefully, that it's, you know, there's disagreement and sometimes the voices are very loud, sometimes the language they use are, per, <laughs> are pretty, uh, pretty harsh and, you know, people don't uh, hold back any punches, so to say, they really uh, give one another, but still, at the end of the day, that shows that they're still brothers, so when it comes to time, one will have total mysterious nefesh to try to protect another one. They go fight. So we have the Haredim and the Chilonim, so to speak. And we have the various different groups and stripes, just like uh, the coat of Yosef had all these stripes. We have so many different kinds of Jews and different, and everybody believes that their way is the, uh, is the right way. But all in all, there is that unity. There is the underlying factor that we know that we care about each other and that we should be, will be there for each other. And when it comes to a time of danger, we will be like Ruven. This is the Jewish people. There's still a difference. We may fight and argue, and sometimes even want to give it a heart, but it comes at the end of the day. We'll take him out of the pit and we'll save him.
And that's the real Ahavas Yisrael, and that's the real sense of unity. And that's what's going to save us from all of our enemies, sticking out together, not only in an inner way, but on a revealed way. Shem will help us. There should be peace in Klal Yisrael.